Hi everyone, Christina Cantors from The C Method here. So excited for you to be joining me today for the, the podcast. I'm so excited to be joined today by Richard Blank, the CEO of Costa Rica's Call Center. We're going to have a really interesting conversation. I'm quite excited today because Richard is very skilled in very specific areas of communication and reading people and building relationships and influencing others that I'm sure you will absolutely get a lot of value out of. So thank you so much for joining us, Richard. Christina, so happy to be with you today. And I got tons of great gems to share with you and your amazing audience. Awesome. Now, firstly, Richard, uh, when you first reached out to me and said, hey, I think I've got something of value to share to your audience, you talked about micro facial expression reading. I'm actually going to say that again, phonetic micro expression reading for mastering verbal telltale tell signs. Now that was, that piqued my interest because I have not learned anything before about phonetic micro expression reading. Can you share what that even is? Absolutely. I would love to. And I think your audience will find it fascinating. You mentioned earlier about facial expressions and there's nothing wrong with reading someone's body language. In fact, most people are used to reading people's expressions. Now, I always believe in congruence where the audio is supposed to match the visual. Now, in my industry, owning a call center, the majority, if not all of the calls are sight unseen. So phonetics to me, Christina, is probably the purest form of communication, the sound of speech, not the semantics or even the tone. Okay. And so with the phonetic microexpression, really, what I would like to show your audience is a very simple XY chart. Okay. The tone of voice should always be positive and empathetic. So you show confidence and you show empathy. Now, there's a technique called mirror imaging. And people use this in sales, in public speaking, interpersonal communication, and conflict management. I use it for manipulation because if you have a consistent variable, you can see inconsistencies. So you and I can gauge somebody on how fast and how loud they speak. I believe 30 seconds to two minutes are probably the best sort of segments to gauge somebody. And if you happen to see a spike or a dip, it's usually when you ask a tie-down or clarification question to somebody. And so these are usually for first-time phone calls or when you know somebody for a long period of time. And even face-to-face, -face, if you happen to close your eyes and take out the distraction, you might be able to pinpoint this. Now, I believe that a tone rate and a pitch could be manipulated. So that's why I, the answering speed, this subconscious mm. that people have, they're not consistent. And that's pretty much the insurance policy to see if they're being consistent now, I don't want to put somebody on the spot or let them know they're being facetious and not being honest with me. So maybe I might ask them to re-explain it using their other senses or another way to keep it simple for me just to see that they're consistent. And so um, while you're on the phone, and I was doing it for years, it can seem monotonous and boring. And so I was trying to see if I could bite an apple while juggling not acting a fool and wasting my time and not doing good work. But, th but there's got to be some codes that we can crack and other levels that you and I can master so we can become a little more lucid on the phone and not just complacent because most people do not show active listening. They're halfway there. 
And then a lot of times there's crosstalk or miscommunication. So a lot of the times we can almost control the conversation it's just by being very engaged in it. And so that yeah. could really assist your audience when focusing in concentration on someone's phonetic speech. So Richard, can we take a step back? You mentioned earlier that you say when you're wanting to gauge someone. So when we bring it right back, you know, let's say like we're, for someone who's in the workplace, they're working with a team or maybe they're speaking to a, a high level manager um, or a client, let's say, yes. what, why is, why are these techniques useful in terms of gauging? So what are we actually gauging with the other person and how does that then benefit us or benefit the relationship? Fantastic, Christina. You're really gauging positive or negative reinforcements. And okay. since if it's someone you've known for a long time, you know if he gets you. But if it's someone you don't know and you can't see them, I don't know if you're nodding, taking notes or with me. And so a lot of the times in the beginning, it's a very delicate area to where you should listen twice and you speak. There's a very good time by asking open-ended questions that people will tell you what they're looking for. So you could have been way off. And also there's an attention span. And so I believe by doing specific name drops, it's more towards okay. transitional sentencing or tie downs. And every sentence has personal pronouns like a your or an R. So these are trigger words. Every sentence where I can just bring you in, bring you in and then knock it in for the close. And so um, I always believe in military alphabet because there's a lot of the times things are misspelled or mispronounced. And the last thing you want is an email bouncing back. And these individuals, it's very time sensitive. So if you mm. think that you're getting 10 minutes, you're, you're sadly mistaken. My friend, you're looking to gain 30 seconds for a pass to pitch. And you're not pitching for 10 minutes. You're doing 10 one-minute pitches like a boxer in a round. Because so if like anything when we're nothing, things can adjust. Yeah. So this is like when so, – so let's say we're having a phone call with someone – and I mean, this could even be face to face, right? But as well, yes. So, 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 what I'm hearing is that um, we have a very short amount of time to influence someone on the phone or face to face. So, we need to be constantly keeping an ear out and gauging what their reaction is to us, so that we can keep adapting our style of communication. Is that for my friend? We're not looking lines? to do a cold call close every time. You and I, for an example, we had to communicate multiple times because of scheduling conflicts. It wasn't anything bad, but life happens. Mm. And you and I were professional. We communicated in real time and we were extremely flexible for convenience. And I think that was wonderful prior to jumping on this podcast today. And that's not even a sale. It's just because you and I want to work together and have an episode together. But I think if people are able to gauge boundaries and maybe somebody would like to review your credentials before a contract, or maybe what you and I could have done today is move forward three or four paces. And then tomorrow, we can always pick up where we left off. And how about this one? Unless there is a major sense of urgency, give somebody the luxury of time, allow them to ponder, sleep on it, write a draft and maybe not send it. Because the next day you might even make more progress that way than you would if you felt like you needed to force somebody's hand on a previous conversation. And so 
Um, I, I always believe that if you start something, it could always grow. And you should never compare it to stuff you've done in the past. And each, each individual is almost like a riddle. And you know, how about this? I'd rather collect a million dimes than just give me $100 bill. And so things can be chipped away. Masterpieces can be molded and worked on. And some of your best relationships, and you know this well, have been over a decade. And these things are five-minute conversations, the two-hour lunches. And that's the way I look at an individual. You, you and I, my friend, don't know what's happening outside the office. There might be something distracting them or influencing their decision. So give them the benefit of the doubt. Give them two or three different types of shoes to fit in. And then you'll know how to walk with them, Christina. Yeah. Do you have an example, Richard, of like a personal example of where you had to chip away at, you know, you know, collect the dimes, as you say, in order to get that final end result that you wanted? Sure. And I was actually able to give myself major momentum in the beginning. Two okay. things I did. When I like to prospect companies, I use my anonymity to my advantage, not for the whole call because that's shady, but my first impression is not to ask for your boss or to you know, trip up on my intro. Usually I like to do a company name spike and I'll ask how the company is doing. So at least it sounds like a mystery shopper. I've been there before and it really reduces any sort of defense from a gatekeeper or a filter. Wait, can I just pause you there, Richard? Sorry. So who, I need you to really like, like take me through this process. So who's the person you're speaking with initially? Anybody. But if it's a first time impression for a secretary or a gatekeeper answering a call, a gatekeeper, a security guard or an elevator attendant up front, or even the president themselves, the first thing I'm going to do is either say their name or especially the name of their company, which they're so proud of, better than they did. And so at least what it's done is, and you know this, it gave me 30 seconds, at least 30 seconds to then once again properly introduce myself and just to see if I can snap them out of this zone of cold calls, hangups, and bothering just to let them know that Christina and Richard are, are, are just here to properly introduce ourselves. And prior to a contract, once I get transferred, let's just say hypothetically from your assistant to you, I will let you know verbally with a positive escalation, how amazing your assistant was. I'll do it in writing at the end of the call, regardless of what happens in the middle of the call, just just to separate myself, Christina, from the other people prospecting you. Can we role play this? I would love I th- to. Let's role play this. So can I, I'm going to pretend that I'm the secretary, right? Sure. And did I hear you say before that you say the company name better than how we would say it? How's the C method doing today? <laughs> Yeah, okay. let's, we let's <laughs> you know, um, uh, let's role play this. Okay. So I'm going to be the secretary and then I'm going to put you through to me, Christina, and I want to hear well, what's how your secretary's you... name. Who are you going to be in character? Uh, let's make my secretary, Aaron, my husband. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. There you go. Are you going to use a gruff voice when you answer the phone, the in character? He's very friendly, but I'll make, try to make my voice deeper. There you go. Okay. So <laughs> ring, 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 ring. Hello. The C method. This is Aaron speaking. Hey, Aaron. How's the C method doing today? Oh, you know, ticking along. That's what he would say. <laughs> well, that sounds good to me. My name is Richard Blank, 
And I'd like to see if I might be able to speak with Christina for a minute, please. Uh, can I ask what the call's regarding? Absolutely, Aaron. The reason for this phone call is that I'm in Costa Rica. I got an amazing call center. I collect pinball machines. In Excess is my favorite band in Australia. And I just would like to touch base with it for 30 seconds to properly introduce myself. Oh, wow. What kind of pinball machines do you have? Oh, my goodness gracious. My oldest is a 1976 Bally's Freedom. I got 13 of them. One man's trash is another man's treasure, and I'm so glad, Aaron, that you brought that up. I tell you what, when you ever come and visit in Costa Rica, we'll do a pinball marathon. How does that sound? That sounds absolutely fantastic. I love I love me a bit of vintage uh, gaming. Uh, all right, I'll put you through to Christina. She right, should be Before available. you transfer me, Aaron, I just want to let you know that you did an excellent job, and when I speak to Christina, I'm going to let her know that. <laughs> Thank you. That means uh our marriage is strong then, still strong. <laughs> I'll transfer her through. Excellent. Then ring, 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 ring. Uh, hello, Christina speaking. Hey, Christine, this is Richard Blank. I just got to let you know that Aaron is probably the greatest employee that I've ever spoken to. You should be very proud working with him. Ah, thanks, Richard. Um, can I ask her what the call's about? Well, absolutely. He was kind enough to transfer. My name is Richard Blank. I'm with Costa Rica's call center. And I just wanted to touch base and introduce myself, let you know I got a great call center in Central America. I collect pinball machines, In Excess is my favorite band, and I just wanted to share some of our services with you to see if this is something that you may be interested in. Awesome. All right, pause role play. Big round of applause, Richard. <laughs> but that check it out. When I call your company back and I speak to your amazing husband, you know he's going to remember me. And he's also going to thank me for saying that to you and in writing. And then he might also tell me your direct extension, an anniversary or promotion, something of your company culture that may move the ball forward a bit. And those are the sort of things, my friend, that we just pay it forward. Mm -hmm. And as you can see, your husband actually gave me the pass, the pitch. So rock on. I got through. <laughs> can I, okay, so can I summarize what I believe you did there? Yes, ma'am. So firstly, you said you asked how the company was going and you said the C method name with so much joy and excitement that I got excited just hearing, you know, what my company was up to. So that was one thing. Yeah. The second thing you used Aaron's name. You said, hi, Aaron, yeah. how are you doing? You know, how are you doing? Um, which I believe builds that rapport because people also love hearing their own names. Yes. You also mentioned a couple of interesting facts about yourself that I wouldn't have expected on an initial call. So you exactly. said you've got a pinball collection and that In Excess is your favorite band. Why do you do that? And is that random and weird? No, because I'm extremely <laughs> proud of In Excess and everybody in the world should listen to them. Um, why? Because if not, I'm going to sound like everybody else. Mm. And you're going to hang up on me and it's going to put a bad taste in your mouth. And Yes, you don't need my pinball machines, and I'm sure you love NXS, but what's that have to do with the C method? It's got a lot to do with the C method. Everything's got to do with everything, because I'm letting you know that I'm vulnerable. I'm showing with you three or four things that I do at my call center by playing pinball with the agents, by moving from Philadelphia to Costa Rica, by once again talking about walkabouts and NXS and stuff. At least I'm showing some major interest. And you're amazing country. Yeah. And so 
Um, these are the sort of soft skills that could be a me too technique that someone could, I, I chose three different things, travel, music, and games, and business. And so one of them had to hit. I could talk about food if you want. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I could do shrimps on the bar. Yeah, I could have done that one, but everyone does that one. But um, yeah, and I, I, I try to be non-threatening. I don't do this on every call. I mean, once again, someone says, who are you? Well, that's when we use the buffer boomerang technique. Not saying Aaron's tone was negative, but sometimes they are. And so what I like to do is do the name drop, let them know it's an excellent question, repeat the question for active listening and send it positive. And you know what my favorite part was before I was transferred to you, Christina? The fact that I was just about to get transferred and I stopped there and stop, stop, stop. I know I'm getting transferred. I could have killed the call, but I said, stop. I got to let you know that I'm going to compliment you. <laughs> you got to oh, be kidding me. Oh, I love that. Yes, yes. Of yes. course you do. It's a positive escalation. Some people get paid on that at call centers and other companies. But it's really so, how about this one, Christine? Imagine if, if hypothetically, Aaron transferred me to the mail room, and then I got transferred over into IT, and then I got transferred over here and there. I write everybody's name down. So even though I spoke about Aaron, imagine if I mentioned two or three people. You'd be like, who are you? You got passed around my company. No one speaks to Matt in the, in the mailroom. I go, he's like the nicest guy you ever met. Don't tell me that that immediately anchors you with the client. 100%. It's yours 100%. to lose. It's yours to lose. And if the person doesn't say their name, I'm assuming you ask for their name? They don't need to. I just need to okay. say my name. And I have to let them know. And if I'm about to transfer them and they still don't want to give me the name, put out your nails. Well, good for you. Why don't you have a nice lunch? Relax a little <laughs> bit. You should be a little sweeter on the phone. But let me put to you this way. You know perfectly well when I get transferred to you, I'm going to get their name because I'm going to compliment Mr. or Mrs. Bitter. And then when I call your company back, I'm going to be like, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> and they're going to be like, how did you get my name? You know I was going to get your name. You remember okay. me, and then they love me to death. I, <laughs> I, I get them to shed a skin a little bit. Once someone gets complacent, especially as the first impression of a company, that's terrible. There should be bells and whistles, trumpets, mm -hmm. red carpets, guns a-blazing. And so maybe it's just to remind them that they need to sell that sizzle and to bring somebody in appropriately so you can meet in the middle and start strong. That's, that's just mm -hmm. my thought. Can we talk about the buffer boomerang technique? Because you held up the piece of paper and okay. for the people who are listening on the audio, can you explain? So I'm going to read it now. So at one side, there's buffer and a two in the circle. And then there's a, it's like a smiley face. And at the other end of the smiley face, it says boomerang. And underneath it says, that is a good question. Can you explain Richard what the buffer boomerang technique is? Well, you saw the negative two in the buffer because someone's negative. And so what I need to do is I need to buffer the negative, name drop you to get your attention again. I can't say it's a great question every time. You can't beat that horse to death, but let's just use it to the, that's an excellent question. Repeat the question back, which I did to Aaron, and then send it. And if your audience can't see, or the ones that can, I was smiling the entire time talking to you. And I was leaning forward the entire time, using my hands as illustrators to give myself that balance and rhythm. I mean, you could tell. And there are certain extended pauses. I like to adjust my voice to go really high and then to loud whispers to make a statement. 
So, so it's why like is that equal. effective? Why, why is that effective? Because monotony, you only catch, uh, monotonous speaking, and monotone, you catch one in five. So you really need to. It's almost like a dessert tray, Christina. Yeah, you don't bring everything out on one level. You know how they have it stacked in different levels so you can see it and enjoy it. Each one deserves its own marquee and imagery. And so each one deserves its pause to see if there's a positive or negative reinforcement. You never know. And I don't like jumping the gun because some people could be so amazed and they're pondering and they're waiting to say something back. And so I love to allow people to feel more comfortable with me to become more engaged in a conversation. This is not a lecture and I'm not just checking off boxes and, and, and interrogating you. It's a conversation, con with conversation. And it's, I mean, my, I don't learn anything new when I speak. <laughs> I love hearing what <laughs> other people have to say to see what I have in common. And I get a lot of compliments for being a very good listener. And I take copious notes. I believe in meeting minutes because there's accountability. People might forget something. And it's just an excellent way to avoid any sort of conflict. And, and you could take the initiative. You can be proactive. You can make sure the target dates are hit and the times to call back are there. Um, everyone needs to lead the dance. Might as well be you. And allowing so Richard, them to think that they are, which is fine. Yes. You, I know you've trained thousands, I don't know, about like 10,000 call center uh, salespeople, a, a lot. Um, this is your bread and butter. This is what you're really good at. Yes. What you were talking about before in terms of your voice going up and then a pause. Uh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to do it uh, right now, but I'm, I'm not sure how effective it's being. How do oh, you, you go about do the quarter teaching second slide? The quarter second slide. Where do you do that? At the end of the sentence? No, 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 no. There's, there's even forced stutters that you can do. It's, it's natural speech. The, the greatest okay. form of speech, my friend, is sincerity. And so you can tell there's certain subjects where I extend, and there's others like I did earlier with that phonetic micro-expression reading. It was almost military. I was just going through it quick and, and banging it out. But I believe in the art of speech. There's nothing better than the thesaurus so you can expand on your vocabulary with similes. For an example, I don't like to use the word help. I think that okay. you could adjust it with a certain assisting tone. How about a guiding tone? And my favorite, Christina, is lending a hand sort of approach. Okay. And so just that way alone, you can almost give yourself an advantage in regards to your momentum because you're being sincere. You are standing solid ground. And obviously, you are very excited about what you're talking about. It could be any subject, but here's the beauty of it. You don't need to sell anything first. Put that stuff away. You and I should be talking about our lives prior to me sharing my products with you. Now, how about this? As a salesman, no one ever bats a 1,000, but you've got to let me go the 15 rounds, or at least i got to earn it. And from an educated point of view, make a decision. If, if I explain everything and it's just the sweetest peach and you just don't like peaches, I'm willing to accept that. But we're good, thanks, no thank you, click. 
he didn't even give me a chance. And so these techniques that I do in the beginning, I'm not lying. I'm not compromising ethics, values, or morals, but my goodness, Aaron heard me say the name of your company better than he did. I answered him well. I got excited. He, I, I cracked enough codes to transfer the call, and I also gave a gift. And so these are the sort of first impressions hmm. that you can do that is just natural. There's no money exchanged. All you're doing is just putting your best foot forward. And, and that should make for amazing days where you jump clouds, where every call could be 80% the same, but there's still 20% special sauce. I mean, you do like a certain topping on your ice cream. And I love those sort of things. I always try to look for that on every single call. Okay. So it's like you, you don't even need to change a lot of how you're talking. It's, it's maybe tweaking a few of those things, especially to start with. So if someone's never even thought about this before, never thought about their tone or thought about making that great first impression, these are some tiny tweaks that they can start to do in order to make, you know, put the icing on, on top, like you say. Richard, how do you... practice. Yeah. They need to record themselves. No one likes okay. having sound. But they do realize that they can make that sort of adjustment. Maybe they have certain actors or actresses where they find that their tone of voice is not offensive. They like their rhetoric. They like their delivery. Some people watch Al Pacino movies like Scent of a Woman and they get inspired. Others okay. will see The Wolf of Wall Street or Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross and get expired. Or, or how about uh, Dead Poets Society? You might see a movie or, you know, or Patch Adams when you have an inspirational doctor or teacher that could then move you and inspire you. And so maybe you study that sort of rhetoric because the market speeds, Christina, because as much as movies and you and I have our opinion, if the masses get influenced by a speech or by an action, that is what you should study and potentially try to emulate. So Richard, what do you say to people who might be listening, who might be thinking, well, what about me just being my authentic self? You know, if I'm trying to emulate someone else, isn't that then me becoming inauthentic or not true to myself in terms of how I communicate? What would you say to those people? Excellent question. And, and let me rephrase that. And thank you very much. You, you need to be you because if you try to be somebody else, you're not going to last long. You'll get caught after 20 minutes. And so since English is their second language in Costa Rica, really my suggestions were about proper grammar. So they'd watch the BBC or they'd listen to Australia television and they would hear the different pronunciations so they can get the ear for it for the different clients. But there are certain dialects. You do pronounce words differently than we do in Philadelphia compared to Queen's English. And, and it's fine. It's all beautiful speech. But as long as they keep training their ear, they, they might like, as I mentioned before, if they listen to something in Parliament, a transitional sentence or a way that someone was able to diffuse conflict by saying, for my clarification, Christina, for my edification, compared to, excuse me, what'd you say? Could you repeat that? Or as sure. we discussed earlier with word choices from help to lending a hand, that's still authentic. These people aren't changing. All we're doing is assisting them in growing and giving them more, giving them more self-confidence and self-reliance. That is all. And so they would be capable of listening, contributing, and giving that sort of impression to where people will want to move forward and work with them. But it is practice. Now, yeah. if I could make some suggestions, just for my own personal growth, 
I love television. I loved old time radio. And so my favorite speakers were Basil Rathbone back in the 40s and 50s. I enjoyed very much Jeremy Brett that did a Sherlock Holmes series in the 80s. And I, I liked Pierce Brosnan as Remington Steele and Dirk Benedict as Templeton Peck in the A-Team. I thought these were phenomenal, glib, clever, poised, balanced speakers. And I gravitated towards that. And I thought that it was very nice and, and charming to be able to have an extensive vocabulary, to sit up straight, to speak well. And, and I realized that a lot of doors open that way for you. You might get a second plate of food in someone's house. You might get <laughs> Richard, when, back. And when so, did this start? When did this journey for you start? When did you first realize that this type of skill was so powerful? When I was a young man, I was, I was taught when you go over to a friend's house to wipe your feet and ask for permission and, and just know your pleases and thank yous. And so instead of being known in elementary school as a bad child and not asked to come back, most of the parents said, you're one of the few friends I allow Christina to hang out with. And so um, I realized that by being polite was better than cursing. It's better to clean a window than to break a window. And, you know, you could always grow up and, and you know, live life and, and figure out the stupid things to do in your childhood. But when I was in my 20s and individuals were going for job interviews and they were too well rehearsed, they would stumble upon themselves. And I tried that one time and I was very out of character. And then I said to myself in the mirror, it was right when I graduated college, I was never going to do that again. Christina, either they're going to love me or they're not going to want to work with me because if they love me, it's going to allow me the sort of liberty and freedom to be me and you'll get the best out of me because if I'm in a, in, in a box, I'll be miserable and you will not know the real person. And I try to do that here. I allow people to grow. Naturally, there's labor laws and people have to do certain things, but if somebody has an idea or I see the potential in someone, I will bend them, but not break them. I'll get them to stand up and do public speaking. I will have them sit in meetings with me and contribute. I will listen to their calls and not just say, hey, great job, but I will let them know what they did. And so by allowing me to work with individuals from a C-level where I could be humble, I could be, um, you know, show this sort of gratitude and interest in them, it's amazing how many people tell me I'm the only boss that's ever done something like that. And so with all these people, because I compete against Amazon, they have thousands of people here, all the bells and whistles. But I do know this, Jeff Bezos didn't play pinball with everybody. I walk the roads <laughs> and I know everybody's name. I'll be there downstairs to say hello to your mother when she picks you up at work. And I don't need to be thousands, but my couple hundred that I have, the people that are with me, that's what they were looking for. They wanted the smaller shop. They wanted their name to be known. They wanted to grow. And that's why, my friend, I believe that water seeks its own level. Yeah. Because what you really, ha people then feel seen, they feel heard, they feel like they matter. And that sounds exactly what you are able to do through the way that you communicate with others. Sure. And in their first day when they come to work, I let them know that learning a second language is 10 times harder than anything I'll put them on. 
I'll give them all their resources. And I'll support you 100%. And before we go into the training room, why don't we go play some pinball for 20 minutes? <laughs> and so we start with dessert first. And so I've seen individuals on their first day, instead of just absorbing, now they're contributing. I really do see that sort of momentum and breakthrough very fast. Wait, can you dive it a little bit more in, into that? So when you say well, you have dessert first, what exactly mm -hmm. are your team doing on the first day? Is it the playing the pinball? Of course, before even the training class. <laughs> so, everyone so it's basically having fun. So it's having fun building culture before they've even watched the first onboarding video. My friend, it's helping them relax. Love it. Because they just probably came from an environment where they left because of a bad coworker, bad supervisor. Obviously, they're not there anymore. So it's, they're on a rebound. But I, I, I cracked a code. When people are filling out their applications and putting in everything that you want to hire them for, I ask them to turn their paper over and why don't you write me a couple paragraphs of a coming of age moment. Let me know when you had your walkabout, when you beat up a bully or saved a kitten out of a tree. And so I do this to see what sort of depth they have, where their mind goes immediately when it comes to how they see in themselves in their proudest moment. And also on a rainy Wednesday, I can remind you of when you were a champion and let them know that you're better than that and I, I know where you could be. And so these are the sort of things where you try to really grow with somebody with synergy because as I say, they look at me as a boss and they come into work and everyone does their 40 hours a week. I, I see it differently. I was given a career. I came to Costa Rica at 27 and worked at my friend's center for four years. So it was a one in a million opportunity. I, I learned it from the inside out. I wasn't sea level. I sat in the cubicles, broke bread, saw the good and the bad, and it allowed me to understand areas in which I could extend more empathy and give not just call center industries, any sort of person, more dignity. And I knew if I was ever given that shot, my base foundation would be play, <laughs> empathy, and just showing that sort of respect to people because... Um, it's done well for me. I have a very nice reputation here and I am a guest in this country. And so the fact that I was embraced, I was able to build a business in a very competitive industry. I got my blessings every day. This should have never happened. And so it really puts things in perspective on being bold and fortune does favor the brave. And from time to time, my friend, there may be naysayers and gray believers out there. And it's only because they love you. But if you have this sort of thing in your heart, then by all means, you should drink life and you should go for it. And I really respect people that are responsible financially and with their family, but have the sort of vigor to really put their hat in the ring. Or as John Wayne said, die with your boots on. And <laughs> And I love seeing people like that because, you know, they're living the most fulfilled life. Love it. Um, Richard, I, I know that we're, we are running out of time somewhat, which and I know you said at the start of this conversation, we could talk all day, but we actually don't have all day. No, <laughs> <laughs> You don't have all night. I know it's nighttime where you are. A um, couple final last question, final two questions, Richard. Sure. What's one final tip you could give to a leader or a manager, someone who has a team who would like to 
you know, do more of what you've just talked about, you know, have, have that, that great camaraderie and have the trust and respect of their team and have, have their team just love being at work. What, what final tip would you have for them? These amazing individuals that rose to those position, positions, they earned it, but they also can't forget where they came from. So people need me time. They need to walk away. I, I, I'm not sure of your outside activities, but I myself, I, I like working out in the gym. I wash my convertible on Sundays. We did speak about pinball marathons. And these are the sort of Richard times where I put my phone away, I can decompress. And I'm not really into Eastern meditation, but I have my other areas in which I can tap into my consciousness. And so it will allow me to, and we mentioned this earlier about luxury of time. If people are running groups and they can think about things, they might have overextended themselves in one meeting. They might have not said enough. Or maybe what they should do once again is to allow every individual to give every single opinion out there and collectively, through synergy, you can bring that group together. And so your ego is fine, and you don't want people to fear you, and you'll get the job done. And your employees have the leverage. They can always quit. So I don't think cursing, yelling, and screaming does any good. But I, I do believe that these individuals that work with you have families and children. And as long as you take that into consideration and you give them the benefit of the doubt, and I've even told agents to log off, go to the bathroom, throw some water in your face and get back on that phone. It's where somebody might need the unofficial timeout because they're having a moment. Mm. And so you, you have to do that. If you think people are robots, they will leave. And you don't need to go out drinking with them. That's their private time. And some people don't even like to drink. And don't think pizza parties solve things either. It's got to be the time that they don't expect the flowers. And sometimes okay. they even claim that the greatest gifts are not store-bought cards, but the ones that you personally write. And how, how about this? I'm not going to say, Christina, you're doing a great job. You're my favorite. High five you. No. Last Tuesday, when you got on the phone with Mrs. Jones, I listened to that 33-minute conversation. Wow. I cannot believe you confirmed her email four times. Dog was barking in the background. You put the dog away. You asked about the dog. Everyone's laughing. The client loved you. And then you're saying to yourself, my God, you actually listened to me for 33 minutes? And I'd say, Christina, of course I did. Because if you were in my shoes, you would have done the same. And so when you look at me, you go, you know, I'm not going anywhere. This guy's great. Forget the pizza party. This guy actually listened to me for 33 minutes and really picked apart my call. So you're, you're amazing and dear supervisors and managers. Show some authenticity. Just don't say good job champ and call them chief and ace. Really let them know. Really let them know what they did and try to assist them in every way that you have to get them to different levels. And if you feel insecure that they're gonna take your job and your position, then you're not doing a good enough job. All is fair in love and war. If you earned it, somebody else could too. And so just be the best you can be and try to bring other people up because who's to say that you're not going to get promoted and then these people are going to work with you. And so um, don't be selfish. Everybody deserves their chance. And if you're number one, then you get that position. If that, and look how hard you and I work. 
You make it look easy, the C method. Look at this. They should only know what you're doing behind the scenes. And so I, I think if people are willing to take that sort of responsibility, then the golden ring could be theirs. Love it. Love those final words, Richard. Um, look, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us on the show. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to listen back to this conversation and take notes and unpack everything that you shared because there was a lot in there. If people want to reach out to you, connect with you, or learn more about you, Richard, uh, where can they find you online? Well, they can buy a first-class plane ticket and come <laughs> visit me here, which would be wonderful. I'm all over the internet with my websites. and But I also have a Facebook fan page of about 103,000 people. And so when this goes live, you're going to have a lot of new fans. And it will also Ooh. give your audience a chance to see the business process outsourcing industry in Central America. Just real quick, we're north of Panama, south of Nicaragua. We're the only democratic society in Central America. There's no standing army, Christina. So there's a 95% literacy rate. We have the best infrastructure. They claim that Costa Rica has the most neutral English accent. We're known for medical tourism and especially ecotourism. So if you like surfing, which I know Australia does, we have waterfalls and monkeys and iguanas and butterflies. And it's just a wonderful place to visit. I'm here, your friend. I got a thousand suggestions for you and your audience. And uh, Christina, I really can't thank you enough. I thoroughly enjoyed our time this evening. Oh, well, Costa Rica sounds absolutely wonderful, Richard. I it's going to have to go on my list now of places to visit. It sounds wonderful. Um, thank you so much again. It's been such a pleasure. Pleasure is mine.